This is episode number 57 of the High Impact Leaders Podcast, your shortcut to personal growth and career success. Welcome to High Impact Leaders. I'm your host, Doug Standard of the Leaders Institute, and our goal is to share some success stories from high impact leaders who've been able to build strong teams while growing a successful business. This week, I'm interviewing another high impact leader, Candace Kingston. She is an expert on a topic that I I have to kind of admit, I'd never actually heard of a year or so ago, but now it comes up very, very frequently in conversations that I have, especially when I'm coaching people. She specializes in helping people move through what's known as imposter syndrome. And basically, if you've never heard of that, if you're like me a year ago, basically, this is a situation where you have a success, but then you kind of minimize that success in your your mind. We say things like, well, that success only happened because of luck or because of circumstances. Um, you know, the circumstances were just right for that situation. So if, if you want to be a high impact leader, you have to be able to identify your successes and really build on them. And that's what Candice really helps people do. By the way, as always, if you like the sessions, don't forget to subscribe to the High Impact Leaders podcast and uh, leave me a review wherever you download the show. Also, we're also publishing lots of new leadership tip videos every week on our YouTube channel. So make sure to subscribe to that as well. All right. So enjoy the episode. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Hey, I've got a special guest for you. Candace Kingston is with us. And I, I, we're actually going to have her talk about something that is really interesting. It's something that in, in all the years I've been doing presentation skills, training and leadership development and that kind of thing, never heard this phrase prior to maybe two and a half, three years ago. And now all of a sudden it comes up over and over and over and over again. So she's going to talk about imposter syndrome and actually what that is and how you can know if you have it and how to fix it and some really cool things like that. So Candice, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I just real quick, give us, give us some of your background. You know, how did you get into your, your uh, professional coach? That's basically what you do now. Right. So how did you kind of get into that industry and, and, um, and what kind of coaching do you do and what do you specialize in? Sure. So I actually have a degree in psychology and I never went on to do my master's. That was always on my list to do. I had three children pretty young and pretty quickly. (laughs) And so uh, the graduate school went on by the wayside. I instead worked in health insurance for about 12 years. I worked Mm. as an account manager, um, did everything at a brokerage firm for health, you know, health insurance. And during that time, just never fit in. I never, you know, I mean, looking back at it, it's amazing. I stuck it out for 12 years, but I really had this mentality that once you take a job or have a career, that's what you do. And so for some reason I, I made myself stay and kept trying different brokerage firms and knowing that every time I would move, I still took myself there. So that might be the common denominator, the problem. Um, So I ended up getting my own coach and figuring out who I was, what I wanted to do, what my goals were, all of that stuff, and and really how unaligned I was, disaligned, misaligned, whatever the word is. Um, (laughs) Misaligned. So I figured out, I just, yeah, it did not fit there. I needed to move on and do something else and loved the coaching. I just loved getting coached. I loved working with people, started off right away way doing a coaching certification program and through that process did a lot of uh, you know 
coaching my peers, things like that. Just loved it right off the bat. So I really found my place very quickly. And now it's been about six, almost seven years that I've been coaching people, primarily business owners and CEOs, executives of businesses, companies. And through that process, imposter syndrome just kept popping up. Um, I deal with a lot of different blocks that people go through, limiting beliefs, you know, that inner critic, all those things. And imposter syndrome was one that people were not as familiar with as you would think. And now hearing you say you hadn't really heard that term until recently, it's definitely becoming more popular. There was a study done back in the 70s where a psychologist, Dr. Pauline Clance, was one of the first to term to give the phrase imposter phenomenon, actually was one she coined. And yeah. through that process, you know, really understanding how this shows up for people. So I can give you kind of a, a small definition if that sure, would be helpful. Yeah, please. So really it's just kind of that belief or or I should say almost like disbelief that your accomplishments are due to your own achievements, due to you. And so you sometimes attribute that accomplishment or achievement to something else outside of you. So oh it's just lucky that I was able to get this raise because or this promotion because the person above me was fired or something like that. So you're always attributing it to something, something else other than you. And, right, so. Yeah. And it's really, it just leads to um, basically doubt, self-doubt, not really believing in your own self-worth and really just a lack of confidence. So all of those together kind of in a big stew pot can hold us back because we're not going to jump on a video and go do an interview if we're feeling that way, right? If we're feeling like I'm not really good enough for this, then you're not really going to put your best foot forward. So, hey, okay. So let me ask you something because I may have been teaching this wrong for the first few years that I was actually doing presentation skills coaching and that kind of thing. But early on, I, I came across a term called cognitive distortion. Now, I'm not a psychology person, but how is is that similar to what you're talking about, or is that something totally different? Um, so cognitive distortion, I think, I think that's a little different, I would say. And it, again, I mean, I'm not a mental health professional, but I would say, and maybe you can correct me, but I think that definition is a little bit more that you're, you're, you're really not looking at yourself as your true self as who you truly are. Is that how you would kind of say it. Well, okay. So here's what I used to teach. And apparently yeah. I've been teaching imposter yeah. syndrome for 20 plus years. I just I didn't know. know I just never called it that. Right. So basically the, 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 like, for instance, in presentation skills training, you know, if I'm teaching somebody how to speak in front of a group, sometimes what will happen is folks will actually have a success. They'll do something really well, but they'll say, no, it only happened because of X. It's only, it only happened because my peers were in the room, or it only happened because my boss wasn't in the room, or it only happened because, you know, X happened, right? Yeah. And so as a result, they they discount or they 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 set aside that success because it wasn't a real success, right? And so that was the basically right. what I was kind of teaching. So I think they're very similar. And I think um, one would be more of, you know, probably a psychological disorder and right. something that can be attributed to that cognitive, you know, uh, behavioral 
like issue basically, like how they're thinking about things in a negative way as a habitual thing. And this imposter syndrome can also be habitual. It can definitely come up many times. So I, I would be interested to maybe do a little bit more research on that. Good thing my oh. book is getting pushed off a little bit, but um, I can maybe look into that a little bit and see what those differences are. Cause I, I hadn't really, I mean, I've obviously heard of like cognitive behavior and things like that, but not really that cognitive it's distortion. A, that's or funny. That. I totally threw that at you from the I book. Know. Just because I know. I'm I'm curious. Like, I'm totally fascinated by thanks this. Thanks for this pointing like, out what I don't know there. <laughs> right, right. Like, well, obviously, the only reason I'm asking you is because I don't know either, right? So, um, and I've been doing oh, this for you know, 25 years now. So, um, always learn something new, right? Every no, day. no, but the, it's it is true though. Um, the it, it the when when the um, when that term um, imposter syndrome started being thrown around to me, it was almost kind of offensive. You know, it, it was like. To me, it sounded like almost it was like a cop out. So I love the way that you kind of define that because now it's a little bit more clear to me why people are kind of thinking that way. And I'm assuming that once you kind of explain that to, to people, especially to your clients and that kind of thing, that's where the, the light bulb kind of comes on. Because I know mine just did in the yeah. last few minutes. So. It, it really does. I think people, when they hear the word imposter syndrome, they are assuming almost that I'm calling them an imposter, which I'm right. Not, I wouldn't do that, but I'm not saying it in an offensive way. And I think people do almost get defensive because they're like, I'm not an imposter. What are you talking about? I don't fake things. And that's not really what it even means. It almost means that you think you're faking or you think not even, that's not even it. Let me rephrase that. It's not that you think you're faking. It's that you are afraid other people will think you're faking, faking, right? right? So it's this weird, like, it's hard to understand it sometimes or wrap your head around it. And one way I also describe it is, and you actually said this when we first got on the call, which I was, I was kind of laughing about or not laugh. That's, that's wrong. I wasn't laughing. But you said this when we first got on the call, that you're waiting for the other shoe to drop, right? Oh, like yes, every right. year waiting for the yeah. other shoe to drop. That is a big right. Um, symptom, if you will, or sign of imposter syndrome, because we're, we're, we can't just say, I'm so happy. I'm so grateful. Things are going really well because I'm working hard and doing a good job. Instead, it's like, yeah, that might, that might've been a fluke. And so those people might all come back and give their money, you know, want their money back or whatever. Like whatever. Yeah. yeah sure. Else. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's, yeah. Okay. So it's, it, we, because one of the things about, um, when the, when it, well, like I said, when I first started to hear this term, it, it it was mainly being associated with folks that were that would come to me and they would say, "I I'm afraid that my boss is going to figure out that I'm really not as good at this as what he or she thinks I am, and I'm going to get fired or something like that." Right? So you know, that would be that would be the the context, and and um, and and actually, it sounds like it's it's a little bit different. It's that. Um, that uh, they're they're actually it sounds like the people who are experiencing this are, are kind mm-hmm. of normal. We all kind of do this to where we say, "Hey, if that success happened, um, yes, I worked really hard, but there were extenuating circumstances that either aided or caused this and that kind of thing. And if they, and if I can't recreate that thing, then." Are people going to see that that I'm not really as good at this as what I am, what I, what I want them to think I am, or something like that, right? 
Yeah. And to your point, I think it is what you just said about my boss is going to find out I'm not really that good or I'm faking it over here. And it's not even that I would say I'm faking it, but I'm just getting by. I'm running on all cylinders and it's taking me 10 hours to do this work. And I'm telling him I'm, you know, I'm just, oh, here you go. Here's the report. It's all shiny and you know, well done. But meanwhile, it took me forever to get it done because I have a little perfectionism coming in. I've got to keep working until it's perfect. That can be imposter syndrome. Um, I'm sure in speaking, you saw this all the time where people want to get up on the stage and talk about something and be the expert of that thing. And all they're thinking, and maybe it's just me, but they're just dreading somebody raising their hand in the audience and being like, uh, you're wrong. That is not it. Or calling them out. Like, who do you think you are to be the expert or something like that? So I think it's those little moments, some of them are based in, um, you know, maybe they are new at the job or maybe they are new to something. And so they don't know everything, but who do you know that knows everything? Everything, Right. right? No one. So you're always going to have a little feeling of doubt that you're not quite good enough. Yeah. I know one of the things that we kind of do in in train, whether it's our leadership classes or, or team building events or public speaking classes is that, is that we're, our main focus is to try to get our participants to kind of see that they are way more effective at what they do than what they give themselves credit for. You know, a lot of times we totally under underestimate how good we are at something. And, and a lot of times people don't see themselves as being an expert. And one of the examples I use is like, like when it, I, I use when I was a kid, my dad was a, um, he was a, he, he was a, a small business owner. He, he remodeled houses, built houses and stuff like that. So it was kind of a one man operation and worked really, really hard. And um, so during the summer and especially during the winter, like Christmas time, when school was, was kind of closed down, I would be the the person that would go underneath houses and thaw out um, frozen water pipes, you know. So my dad would send me down under because that was where because this was like in that's where the snakes and the and the wet and the cold it was really not. And I remember climbing crawling underneath the house one 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 early morning when it was like I don't know like. 30 degrees, you know, is below freezing, you know, and, and going, Oh my God, I'm going to college. <laughs> I'm going to, I am not going to do this my whole life. But the funny thing was, is that, I mean, I did that for, you know, for, you know, three or four years. And, and if, and as a result, even though I was at the time, I was probably, you know, 14, 15 years old, I was an expert at doing, I was got pretty dang good at being able to, to, to thaw out frozen pipes. I got good at it. Right. And, and so I was an expert at that. And, and a lot of times people don't kind of see that, that the things that they do on a day-to-day basis, you're the expert on because that's what you do. And they just kind of discount that. And I, I, I assume that's kind of a lot of what you're kind of teaching them. Right. Or, oh, yeah. Definitely. And it really is about recognizing their own gifts and strengths and building up that confidence, which confidence really just comes from proof that you can do something. And so when you, you know, for example, you're going under the house or my kids like mowing the lawn that, you know, when they do a good job several days in a row or several weekends in a row, they are like, wow, I'm really good at that. I can go sell myself now to the next door neighbor and say, Hey, I can come mow your lawn. Look at mine. It's been good for 10 weeks or, you know, whatever the thing is, build up confidence. And then that's how you go portray yourself as the expert or whatever it is. I was explaining to my neighbor recently about my book. She's like, Oh yeah, you're writing a book. Tell me about it. And she's um, a physician's assistant for an ER. 
so she has just a very different worldview than a coach, right? Like she's not into this woo-woo stuff or mindset or, you know, leadership is not really her thing, which is great. She's got other things um, she's very capable at. So I was explaining imposter syndrome and she, it was really not landing. She was like, I'm sorry, I just don't really get it. And then um, I gave her a few examples and actually my husband was chiming in, giving her examples. And finally she was like, you know, oh yeah, okay. I can see that. I can see that. And then she, she looked at me and she said, I don't mean to be offensive at all. I'm not trying to be rude. And we're really good friends, but she said, I'm not trying to be rude, but like, how are you the expert of this? How do you know about this? And I, and I was taken aback. I'm like, well, thanks for bringing up my imposter syndrome. You know, <laughs> writing this book has definitely brought that up in me. Everything I've ever doubted about myself, I've now gone and rehashed. <laughs> revealed, and you've revealed it now. It's, it's, <laughs> now it's written down. It's on paper I know, somewhere. Right? I know. Now everyone knows. I really am an imposter. But I said to her, um, you know what? I've been working with people for seven years. And I would say... of them, we have talked about imposter syndrome. So I feel like I've got a pretty good database of, and that's not what the whole book is just about my clients, but I do have some stories in there, but I have a pretty good database of imposter syndrome stories. And really what I talk about in the book is how they're just moments. It's not a syndrome. It's not a disease. These are just moments and we all have them and we all get them. And if you don't get them, I'm not calling you a liar, but I would say you probably did at some point in your life and then you learned quickly how to get over it and never let it bother you again. And that's awesome. So good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. So, okay. So, so um, I, 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 by the way, thank you so much for explaining that. Cause that makes way more sense now than, than anybody else I've ever had try to explain this to me. So I love the examples and everything. So, okay. So what do you do about it now? So now that we kind of know that it exists and it's there, what do we do to um, make better choices or to think differently about the success that we've had? Well, you're going to have to wait for my book. I'm just kidding. Um, There are some, some tips and techniques and strategies that I've learned along the way. And I do think the number one thing, and we all know this from, um, you know, hearing this about like AA or different other different issues that people have is the first step is awareness, right? Really knowing that there's a problem. And so I think when you can start to recognize and you hear me give these examples, you can start to come up with your own examples or say, oh, she mentioned this about waiting for the other shoe to drop. I don't really think that, but I do think X, Y, Z, start writing those examples down, write down those times in your life that you're like, yeah, Candace talked about imposter syndrome. These are the times that I've, you know, felt that. Um, So when you have those examples and you want to write them down, you can then go back and say, how true was that, that X, Y, Z happened or that my boss was so rude to me and I was worried about asking for that promotion or how true was it that I didn't deserve that award and I you know told myself I didn't deserve it or whatever that is. So um, once you can have that self-awareness and that recognition, it's going to make it easier for you to discount that mm-hmm. sentence or that belief that you had, that thought. And then you can come up with new ones that will help support the truth and support you moving forward. So building up that little bank of helpful thoughts will help get rid of the old unhelpful thoughts, if that makes sense. That, I, not only does that make sense, I, I totally, I've, I've seen that. I mean, that's basically, I mean, like uh, if, if you kind of compare this to the type of training that we do in our in our presentation skills classes. I mean, where that nervousness comes from a lot of times is from in somebody's head 
we when we when we're stand up to speak, either something happened at some time in the past that wasn't ideal. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It just wasn't the way that they wanted it. And so the next time they get up, that's what triggers. That's what they they're seeing in their in their head. Oh my God, I don't want that thing to to happen again. So basically, all we do is we just replace that with a series of positive experiences, and it, it works. And it works every t- single time. It works 100 percent of the time. Oh, so I love, love that advice. That's great. And so basically, just kind of recognize that trigger and then replace it with a series of, of successes. And now all of a sudden it's a little bit easier yeah. to handle. Which really what you're talking about and a little bit to my extent is a cognitive behavioral therapy. That's what they do. Right. Like I said, I'm not a therapist, but that's basically what they do is have that experience. And then they replace it with a different experience. They have a trigger and then they say, this is what you normally do to respond. And we're going to have you respond a different way. And you do it more and more and more. And it becomes second nature. You know, a belief is just a thought that you have over and over again. So if you're thinking a different thing and you're in charge of those thoughts, which we all are, you can change that to be more helpful and have that new thought be the one that bolsters you instead of keeps you down or holds you back. Nice. Good deal. Hey, Candace. So thank you so much for all the, the cool tips and everything. And uh, I know that I know the audience is you're probably going to get lots of, of uh, great feedback uh, because this is something that I think a lot of people really experience and we just don't know it until we, we actually have somebody explain it to us. Uh, but doing those little things can, can really help. Um, by the way, if you want to, if somebody wants to get in touch with you, um, they can connect with you in some ways, I'm guessing. Definitely. So LinkedIn, um, you can find me there, just Candace Kingston. And then um, you can also go to my website and schedule a call if you'd like to just book a free call to chat with me about all of this. Uh, the website is www.kingstoncoaching.com. All right. Kingston Coaching. I'll put a link to that in the in the show notes. So Candace, thanks a lot for being a part of the podcast. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we'll see Thank you guys you. next week. Thanks so much, Doug. Yeah. Bye, y'all. 